drop. Hey there, everybody. This is Christian Wynn, director of StoryFort, and you've found StoryFort Presents, Voices of Treefort Music Fest, a weekly podcast that dives into the stories behind Boise's Festival of Discovery. Treefort Music Fest brings in hundreds of artists from all over the globe every March, and we're here to tell you about all things Treefort. Today, we have a very cool on-the-road episode that uh, Mr. Larry Rosen and myself recorded a couple weeks back up in Seattle at the KEXP Studios, where we talked to a band, the Smoky Brights, at least half the band, Ryan Devlin and Kim West, as well as Skylar Locatelli, who is one of the co-founders of Freak Out Records. And they do a showcase that we talk about at Tree Fort, so that's going to be cool. We also talked to Charlize Metcalf, who is very cool, one of the awesome DJs at KXP, but she's also a music DJ, does some trance stuff, but she's going to be here at Treefort 2020. So that's what this episode is all about. We did it mobily with our equipment. It was not, you know, it was, it was stuff we took on the road. So every once in a while, we get a little uh, uneven audio here, but we apologize for that. But it's pretty cool. We hope you like it. And so enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of StoryFort Presents Voices of Treefort Music Fest. I am your host today, Larry Rosen. With me, of course, StoryFort co-founder and director Christian Wynn. Hello, everybody. I'm here in the KEXP studio. Today we I'm have a treat excited. for you. We have a smorgasbord of guests and conversations all coming to you from what I didn't realize were the palatial offices of KEXP Community they Radio are. in Seattle. So first up, uh, we have a KCMU, KCMU, oh my God, KEXP, <laughs> I just dated myself, <laughs> the DJ, uh, Charlize Metcalf, Charlize is the host of the Audio Oasis show uh, on KEXP, she just shrugged. Long standing, yes. I used to be, oh, I was just thinking about that this morning. I just morning. got information that was out of date? It's very out of date, actually, oh it's like, I was just thinking about it this morning, in the shower because I was having this moment because yesterday the Western State Hurricanes came. Sure. And I was freaking out. Like I just was yeah. like feeling this explosion of excitement in my body. And I was like, I just want my job back. But I, I can't. I host another show now. Okay. So well, that was 2018 when I quit that show. Okay. okay. Well, let's start there then. Um, and then we'll get into the rest of what you yeah. do. But what is the show you're hosting now? Expansions. And what is that show do? It's the electronic show started by Riz, Masa, and Kim oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I used to write with him many, many years ago, The Stranger. You did? Yeah, Riz wrote for The Stranger. Um, Char Charlize also is a DJ and will be performing at Treefort. This is true. And part Do you of know where yet? No. I think the schedule's coming out. I know the schedule's coming out, you know, this week. So you will know very soon. But, yeah. Uh, um, but, and you've not played there before. Officially, well, Skyler, well, you played sure. unofficially there. Yeah, I played. Oh, so you played there through just having well, been in the studio. A couple of my voice. friends yeah. are DJs, and they uh, host the Green Room in. Oh, cool! I've never been able to say the name of the place. Is it Kaye Seventy Five? No, Hawaii. No. Oh, the Hawaii, which you is know, oh, it's just oh. pronounced like Hawaii. Oh well. Yeah, I'm glad to find that out now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a tough with oh, it's like a little y, game they play. Y, H -E, okay. yes, but the yeah. Hawaii. So it was yeah. 
upstairs in like the artist lounge? Yeah, but okay. it was super unofficial and very cool. casual and just with some friends. Nice. Yeah. So, but this year right. official. Yeah, I, I I have to say this and you know, I don't I I hope it doesn't come out the way that it, it it's about to, but I really <laughs> like the placement of my name on the poster. Oh, I can actually yes. see it. See, I know that they're well, for those who have seen this, the Story Fort and Tree Fort posters, there's, there's a lot packed into yeah. them, and it's just listed. Some names are bigger than others for the Tree Fort one. Um, and yeah, you really, if you were across the room, you can't read most of them. That's yeah, sure. you probably couldn't read my name. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. At all across well, and it's, the room, it's certainly a different level of recognition doing club DJ gigs versus being a radio DJ. Yeah, it is. And I love it both. Yeah, oh, both of them. Yeah, both styles are um, very different from each other, but definitely give me the opportunity to tell a story. Well, and we're going to be talking a lot about people involved in community radio and what community radio radio means as it applies here at KEXP. I will say KCMU yes. at least two more times okay. before we stop recording today. And Radio Boise, but mm -hmm. why don't we just delve a little bit into your background? Tell us how you got involved in community radio, and actually, and why you got involved in community radio. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was community radio specifically that I was going after. I just really loved the programming that I was hearing on KCMU. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to KCMU before it changed over mm -hmm. to KXP, and. I just was hearing things that I had never heard on any other station unless it was at a specific time. This was like mm. daytime music. Yeah, like KCMU, I remember, was known for being unthematic. Yeah. I think this, you know, it's, oh, I mean, I know there's Swing Doors, which I love. Yeah. But a lot of times the morning show, we used to joke like where you'll, you'll, you can guarantee you won't hear it more than once. This yeah. Week. I kind of like that too. Like there wasn't like a hit song that was being mm -hmm. played all the time. Yeah. But I was in college radio. I, I was going to Green River Community College and I just knew that I wanted to be in radio, but I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do. And I just kind of fell into doing the local show it's called Local Motion. And I hosted that for a really long time. And I just realized that there were other local shows that were happening in the city. I started to become like really obsessed with all of them. And actually, well, there was only two more and they were both both hosted by John Richards um. at the time. <laughs> um, but I was just I was just really into his music taste and what he was promoting. And I basically would bite what he would do on his local shows and get these bands to come all the way out to Auburn, which was so funny. And probably not um, that easy. It wasn't it, the hard part. Like they would come. I got a lot of cool bands, but the hard part was if I didn't turn their names into security, then they couldn't come up. And so sometimes they, I would forget and it was embarrassing. So yeah. they just couldn't Suck. like get into the venue or what? Would... Like the school was closed oh, okay. on the weekends and yeah. my show was on the weekends. So, um, and then it closes after like, I think nine o'clock or something. Okay. And I wasn't close. Like I took two buses to get to <laughs> Auburn from West Seattle. Yeah. So it sucked for everybody. But um, I was able to get some cool bands and I just kind of just made a lot of contacts. So um, when I first started, well, when I first tried for an internship at KEXP, I was actually turned down. 
and um, that was that was heartbreaking yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, where'd you go um, from there? I actually got these two jobs. Um, one was at this. It was it. It was a community station, but it was way more community than um, KXP. KXP actually has structure in the programming. This was like a station where you could just like apply and then you right. could have a show. You get a show, yeah. Yeah, but they also had Christian programming, uh-huh. like religious programming, and they also aired the um, the Mariners in Spanish. Oh, <laughs> that's pretty so, good. But was it anything goes? If you came along and said, I want to do it, uh, you know, an electronic show, they would have gone, oh, cool. Have Probably, yeah, yeah, if I brought in all the equipment and did everything. But I wasn't even into electronic music the way that I am now. What were you into? Yeah, I was curious. Who are some of the bands, too, that you helped bring in down there, if you remember? Well, I mean, I know what I was listening to. Um, I mean, well, before I actually was, like, really getting in... To my local show, I was like Dinosaur Junior. Wait, Pavement, I know what you were Youth. listening to because I read this. It was New Kids on the Block. Well, that was way <laughs> before. That was like, that was, was your when first I real. That's when I realized that I had an obsession with music, not with mm. boys, with mm-hmm. music. Okay. And then it moved into me actually having some refined taste, and then, um, and you know what? I would listen to New Kids on the Block now. I just wouldn't go to any of their shows because it's. Do you, do I just you, well. Do you feel like when you're when you get into music, and I used to write about music, so yeah. there was a period where you like cool music, you know, yeah. you're like your kind of music, and then eventually, if you're into music long enough or you're around it long enough, you realize that there's some music that isn't the kind of music you like, but it's still really well done and well crafted and just great music. I I think about that all the time, all the time, and I I think that there's like a connection between all of the things that I've been listening. There there's oh. a path mm-hmm. that I went on that I'm still on for where I am today and where I started. And, you know, sometimes I can't really figure it out. Like I was thinking like, okay, right now, I used to really love Vendetta Red. That was like my band. I love them so much. And now I'm listening to Euro Trance. Like that's mm-hmm. my thing right now. Mm-hmm. And those things aren't, no. But they, they're connected one through one, yeah. Charlize's mind. Right, and it's <laughs> important not to ever think, yeah. well, now I'm a finished product. Yeah, to, I'm done. I got to where I am. Yeah, well, I have this. Um, this is this is not a plug. This is for me. I feel like it's like um, I've made it because I have this show coming up that I'm DJing, mm-hmm. and it's with Bruce Pavitt and Steve Turner. Sure, and they just want me to play local music. And I hit up Bruce Pavitt this morning, and I was like, I hope he doesn't like think that I'm going to play techno. Or anything. What are you mm-hmm. gonna play? I I asked him. I was like, "Hey, I really want to do a local show." I was like, "I just want to play like Three Swimmers, Life in General, Do Normal, Dude York, Chastity Belt." And he was like, "Great, that's what that's what I want." Oh, very good. Yeah. All bands that I have no idea the, Me the, the too. local <laughs> Seattle scene. I mean, which is maybe you know yeah, we our fault, there. but you know, well, that, and that's talk about that's actually a good segue to talk about local music and local scenes and what it means to commit to that. I think there's a there's an extra weight in this city. I don't even know if it's a weight or if it's an opportunity when you say, oh, local Seattle music. People have an idea. People who don't pay attention to music have an yeah. idea what you're talking about, which of course isn't what local music here is and hasn't been right. for 25 years. But when you, I guess, I guess it's a roundabout way of asking, would it be easier or harder for you to be committed to uh, advancing 
the cause of local music if you lived in Bakersfield? Yeah. Because there's because, it's a fertile place. Well, then I just want to find out about what's happening there. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, I hope I'm answering the question correctly, but like, um, I think that there is music happening everywhere. And I think that it takes the community of people to like help it thrive and to help it be heard. And I don't know if, I, I don't think that the, I don't think people should prioritize the spotlight on the place. I think they should prioritize creating community around the people who are making the music. That's it's actually important. a better answer than the one I was looking yeah. for. <laughs> but, and, and it sort of makes me think of something that I thought of before, which was when you got into radio, and Skylar, who's over there off mic lurking, <laughs> uh, you should think about this too. You know, there's lots of ways to get into radio. And one way it's like, I want to be the drive time guy in a major market. And the other way is to be in a community station and really put down those roots and be some, mean something to the community. Yeah. It was really hard for me to let Audio Oasis go when I let it go. It was, I, I, I told people, it was like my baby grew up and it's in college and I had mm -hmm. to leave it there. And it was just time for someone else to bring in their flavor. It, it just wasn't, I just knew it wasn't my time anymore. Right. And there was all local. That show has been, yeah. it was around from the KC yeah. meetings, I feel like. I mean, I remember that show from yeah. way back. Yeah. But uh, there's wonderful people who have hosted the show and even still. And um, I just, I knew that like I was moving in a new musical direction and I could feel the scene changing and me not changing with it. Mm -hmm. And I I had always, I, I knew that the station would be supportive of me, you know, coming on and I get to fill in every now and then, but also on expansions, I'm able to bring in new types of local music. Did you pitch show. the whole show or was it something they were kind of looking to fill or had it been somebody else's show before that or is it all brand Expansions? new? Expansions? Yeah. That that show's been around for 20 years. Okay. Oh. We just I had know. our 20th <laughs> anniversary. Well, I would say Masa. Well, Masa's not on the show anymore, but um, oh, yeah, Kyle and Riz yeah. definitely cool. had their 20 year anniversary. So, so you have a history of stepping into established shows that already have reputations. How daunting is that of a challenge? It is quite the challenge. I think that I have to find the confidence that um, that I'm always, I, I would say I'm a confident person, but I would also say that I'm a human and that I really want to do a good job. And um, that was always my thing with Audio Oasis was like, I was always trying to make sure that, that I was covering everything mm -hmm. and also trying not to be opinionated in a way that was hurtful. You know, because people are taking the time to make their music and like music is subjective. So some of it would resonate with me and some of it wouldn't. Right. And it was really, um, that was one of the things that like totally like just messed with my head and my feelings because I was like, Telling people that I am passing on their music is the worst thing in can the world. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Yeah, and that was part of the reason hard. why I was just like, I can't do this anymore. But with expansions, it's different. People still send me music, but I would say I probably spend like $50 a month, maybe a little. Buying stuff. 
because I'm in clubs and I'm right. also trying to tell that story and here at the station, like I get promos and stuff, but I don't play them all. So. Right. And, and just I think to back up a little bit, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I mean, it's, it was analogous to like running a festival. Yeah. I, yeah. And being a creative, a writer person, I've been rejected many times or having to make those choices now. Mm. And, and you've made those choices of being like, sorry, we just don't have room for you and on this show but try back another time and that whole is a delicate thing so I totally understand but what do you have Larry? I was going to add to that that everyone in this room except me has the feeling of the responsibility of having local people come up to them and say can you help me and mm -hmm. how you deal with that and how that feels to have to say no must be really hard. That was another thing about the show was um I try to make myself, I still make myself as accessible as possible because I want people to be able to ask me questions. And, you know, some people would be hurt by what I've said and they would come up and put me on the spot about me not liking their music. And that happened a couple of times and it it hurts my feelings too, you yeah. know, to yeah. hear <laughs> it. It's a different kind of thick skin. It, yeah, and I, a thick skin that I know that I'm still growing, but, I think, you know, when I think about the the path that I'm on and, and what I've been doing, my full-time job here at the station has, has made me feel so much better about just where I've been and what I'm doing and what I've learned because now I'm able to provide resources for artists mm -hmm. and also help them through the process of rejection because that's real, you know, so. And that's um, part of like, I think building a good community too because yeah. this is like, sorry, no. And then you just don't follow up. You're not, you know, yeah. it builds a lot of animosity because, you know, bands or writers or creatives, whoever, you know, in that realm, They'll talk amongst themselves and like, or they'll go ah. on Twitter. Yeah, they're like, Evan, yeah, Evan story, <laughs> story forward. You know, screw those guys because you know my friend, this guy got in, but this woman didn't, or something like that. That you know, it's it's if you don't do that kind of delicately or kind of kindly, it can be really. I that's how I feel. Yeah, I don't know if you agree, but it's hard to like. It can be like, it's a central core of the community. Just even in letting people down easy if you will you know so so they can come back and they don't get discouraged and they don't feel like you know they're pissed off at you yeah <laughs> so. i feel like it's a two-way thing though because i have to be able to take what they say and mm. i'm still learning and i notice that like i'm just like full of fire sometimes and i will respond and and then feel bad and then feel bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a little ranting last night. I'm learning too. <laughs> and I think that if we all just give each other the benefit of the doubt, we'll yes. come out on top. And you do a lot of stuff outside of this radio station and inside I of DJing. You do, do events. And that room it's, is so awesome. It is, yeah. And I love that there's like so many people in the room. It's kind of crazy. Wonderful. There's like 500 yeah. plus people doing yoga. That's some days, yeah. you know, in this I've done room. it it's three crazy. times there and always had a great experience i know you i can imagine that you as a dj because they bring in djs and musicians yeah they you do know, all so that that could be a future project that yoga for it would be you know do a set there yeah that, that would be is, fun yeah that is one of the cool things about tree fort is there are so many different things to do yeah you know, the writers whenever the writers get together we always say it's so different from a regular literary festival which can be dry 
and kind of dull because this one, after you're done with your reading, you can go see a band or you can go do yoga or you can drink a lot of beer. <laughs> There's plenty to do. So what, what? So when you go this year, what are your plans? What are you going to do besides DJ and appear on Radio Boise? Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure that my panel is together. Well, tell us about the panel a little bit. Um, I'm working with Eric Steiger. Alex Ste Eric Steiger. Okay, I, I just want to make sure yeah, I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, that's um, music talks. Yeah. yeah. And we we are putting together a mentorship hmm. panel because I feel like some of the um, the feedback that I've been hearing is there just aren't enough mentorship opportunities happening. Is it a mentorship for youth? Or everyone. Anyone? I want anyone. anyone and everyone to be able to come. Um, I'm hoping that it'll be a speed dating style. Mm -hmm. So people will be able to spend like 20 minutes with a music industry person. Um, and so I'm hoping to represent like booking and marketing. Um, just, yeah, people that, um, that artists don't feel are accessible or that they don't really get an opportunity to be able to talk to. Yeah, that's important, definitely. And what, so, what sort of advice do you give people on that? If you had five minutes, if you're speed dating with someone who's 20 and says, I got a band, and <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, I just want to make my music. What do you tell them? Make your music and make yeah. sure you're having fun with it. And when mm -hmm. it starts to feel not fun, then do something else. Yeah. That's what I would say. Interviewed some musicians lately for this podcast. And yeah, the Sunblood stories in particular have that exact same thing to say as, as musicians and then their whole origin story was great and had a lot of that in it um so yeah well tell us i guess about what else you're looking forward to at like tree fort you've got your stuff i think you kind of asked this but what was your impression of it as i mean you know yeah just as a festival obviously in a smaller city when i first um heard about tree fort i was really excited about it because i had never seen another like festival in the Pacific Northwest that besides um, PDX Pop Now, mm -hmm. um, that was very focused on their local music community. I was just so into it. And I've been talking to Eric Gilbert about it for a really long time. And mm -hmm. finally, my first year, he was like, I just want you to come. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to just come to the city, come to the festival, and just experience it. And I did. And I came back and I was just like raving. I was like, this is like well, yeah, the best. Man, yeah. <laughs> when we had them on, we were trying to figure if there was anything that is like it. And when, there really isn't. I think for Seattle people, they would say, oh, Bumbershoe, like, no. Or Capitol Block Party. Capitol Block Party, yeah. But mm -hmm. it's not the same. Yeah. I always tell people it's, it's like South by Southwest in the 80s. I mean, I think it's that, it's that comparison a lot, though I can't say for sure because I wasn't there. And I mean, um, so, but I th I think it's, uh, well, when you say that, you mean it's I a little more that. innocent or sort of more sort of grassroots? I think yeah, it has that. Yeah, I mean, South by yeah. Southwest was the indie music festival. Right. And now it's not that. No. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad. I mean, it's great. It is a magical time to be in town. And it's kind of just organically, I feel like, come together, all these different forts at the fest. Um, yeah. Kind of weren't planned out. You know, at first, I think we didn't 
start they didn't start out planning to have like a story fort or a yoga fort or a hack fort so that's kind of hopefully reflecting reflected in the way that the this feels like the larger community because it had to have happen that way Mm -hmm. and it's go ahead it's fun and it's great but do you feel a kinship in the mission with what you're doing i mean what i'm getting from you is you're very focused on giving something out to the community and helping people and encouraging people and it seems like the same sort of vibe goes on there yeah absolutely that's why i have to go (laughs) like i can't i can't i thought that i might miss it this year and i was dying Hmm. and i don't i don't want to miss it because I love the way that the city comes together. I love how many, how, I love how overwhelming it is with <laughs> all of the acts from Idaho, like all the yeah. artists and yeah. all different kinds of artists. It It's really hard to um, figure out what to, what you want to see. It is. Yeah. I know. Now, do you, do you <laughs> see stuff that you know of or do you go to be surprised? Um, both sometimes i'll just show up at a stage Mm -hmm. and um i remember i love doug marsh a lot (laughs) your favorite album um there's nothing wrong with love yeah Mm -hmm. that's the first one that i ever bought and i bought it from the sub pop mega store downtown like i asked my mom if i could take the bus downtown (laughs) (laughs) and brought back that record on cd um so I, he was playing at the Boise Dance Center. Oh, the BCT, Boise Contemporary Theater? Yeah. Yeah, I think he did he was a playing solo there. show there. Oh my right? gosh, he was playing there. And I showed up really, really early. And I forgot who the um, the person was who opened. But she was so lovely. Her music was so oh, and beautiful. You forgot. I forgot. I know that if I looked <laughs> it up, I because she played again last year, and I was going to go and see her because I thought she was so gorgeous. It was just like just solo. I'm trying to think of who it was. It was, it was solo, mm-hmm. and she lives in Boise or. Could be a few. I'm thinking of a few people, but I don't want to don't want to say names and get it wrong. But I I didn't get to go to that show. That's one of the sad things about helping run parts of the festival. You miss a lot. But um, I heard it was amazing. But the, the solo that was a couple years ago, right? Doug's. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. And Build a Spill's back this year. Oh, they are. Yeah, they were. They're. Well, they there. played last year too. They did play last year, so <laughs> they don't take many years off. But uh, they have taken a couple. But yeah, they. They, uh, Doug's a good basketball player. He's right? a pesky uh, basketball oh, yeah. player. We used to play, him you know, having the old a, man game. Yep, you he's know? got a little mini, a little little delicate hook shot too. under the rim type of yep. game. But no. Well, last year he played, or they played at um, on the main stage. Yep. And then did they play again? They or the tree, tree people, people playing? Well, they played no, the Olympic. The Olympic. The last okay. night oh. of the festival. Where did Tree People so, play? That was a crazy show. But I, I Shredder. All right. Someone remembers better than yeah. <laughs> I came home and I went to see them like two days later at Columbia City. Um, and I called it my... Um, you built a spill retreat. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I actually... What's that band? Dead something? Dead, Dead. and Company? 
No. Don't, yeah. You know, the we, people we that they would there. follow the band. Oh, oh the, the Grateful, Grateful Dead. Dead. Yeah. Sorry. The, the dead. <laughs> I love so much that you couldn't remember the name of the Grateful Dead. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed, but also Don't I will be. own it. Yeah. I'm going to own it. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. We have railed against the dead. Oh, boy. It's a generational but, thing. Yes. Do you ever find... I'm I'm curious, but because I I don't live in Boise, I live in San Francisco, and so I'm constantly telling people that yeah, no, it's really cool, and you go there, and there's all these bands, and and they go, wait, in Idaho, hmm. do you find you do you become an evangelist for Boise and for Tree Fort, yeah. and you tell whoever, it seems yeah. to have that effect on people. Yeah, I say that if you actually want to go to a place where you can hear the music and be with the music because sometimes I feel like when I go to a festival I can't be with the music it's just happening and I'm in the background I feel like when I'm at Tree 4 I can experience like why I'm there what I'm there for that's really cool and I love walking around the entire city I think the city is really great um someone explained to me about the lip the lip like Boise oh, the, the is rim, in a the bench. The bench. yeah the bench it's like the rim and the bench yeah but yeah. the lip I like yeah, that the lip. <laughs> <laughs> the it is the bench yeah, so I, I, yeah. I go to this place and I guess I don't know how what to call these things that's right that's the local okay. terminology yeah yeah what are some of your other favorite festivals I go to movement in Detroit. Mm. I do that. And then I really love, like, my friend, he puts on a a little, like, DIY show outside in the summer called Wayne Stock. Hmm. I like that. I, I'm really, um, I'm not into big festivals. I'm playing another one in April that I'm really, really in love with called Verboden. And that's in Vancouver, BC. Okay. So I, I frequent those. I would really love to get back to PDX Pop now. That's just so cool. cool. It just best best festival. Is it right down Port- downtown Portland? Is that where it is? Or is it It's it's like downtown under a bridge. Okay. Oh. There's a few bridges. Maybe not, I've never been. So I'm yeah. probably saying it's an a place that it's not, but it is under a bridge. down on the water, friend, is a, there, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, a bridge it's as well. by yeah, the water. Like, yeah. It, like you can walk down to the water from there, but it's like under right. a bridge. There's two stages and. Okay. Yeah. What time of year does that take place? PDX Pop now, I think is in July. Okay. And Verboten, April. Movement is in May. Wayne Stock. Wayne Stock is in August. Is that here? That's here in Seattle. Um, and oh, there's a Summit, Summit Immerser. That's a small local Immerser. music festival that happens around here on Capitol Hill. That's Summit and Mercer. Oh, Summer and Summit Mercer. Summit by Mercer. Okay. Okay. Like Summer and Mercer. Mercer. I okay. Like okay. Uh, so, yeah. I feel like I just Kenny show up as <laughs> places. Do you ever honest. see yourself taking a large role in a festival? Doing your own festival? No. I mean, I have, actually. Um, I was a workshop and panel manager for Tough Fest. Mm-hmm. And Tough is a collective of... Um, Oh, yeah, that you're yeah. involved with. Yeah. So femme, non-binary, um, queer people. Mm. Um, but that was a one-off for you? You only did it once? I did it 
I think we did it three times. Oh, but you did that. They don't do it anymore. You guys don't do it anymore. Not right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work behind the scenes. So yeah. we do those things. I know it's, it's fun, but it's, it's also try not to show them how much you're sweating and how yeah, much you're no, kind it's of blood, up sweat, in the and tears. And yeah. the way that I work, I. Like I, I'll, I will start to work when I get into the the rhythm of working on it. Then I start working on it a lot. Mm -hmm. But I, I tend to take on a lot of projects. Yeah. Well, we it seems to me to the that. most fun way to attend these festivals is to show up, yeah. perform a couple times, <laughs> hang out the rest yeah. of the time. Right. Exactly. So, well, we're getting towards the end of our time, Charlize. But maybe some one thing our friend Wayne at Radio Boise put in my ear is just like you do a lot of community and youth outreach. Yeah. And also kind of how you make what he defined or just kind of said it's like radio can be kind of a static medium people think of it that way yeah um mm, yeah. compare you know certainly compared to so much of our social media world these days and and moving bright things um but how do you i don't know how do you get young people to appeal or how do you appeal to young people about you know when it comes to radio stuff maybe in a nutshell what, what how do you pitch it when you say if I was like a kid and want to get involved and be a DJ, um, what's your pitch to, or how do you kind of cultivate that? What kind of music do you like? Gosh. Start there. Yeah. I, yeah. You know? Yeah. What kind of music do you like? And then I would say, well, you know, that show plays this music. You might want to come check it out um, or, or listen to it, of course. Right, right. Um, or if you wanted to come check it out or you wanted to come check out the station, I think just like having a visual behind what what radio is is really impactful and very powerful i think kxp is really special because we have a place that you can come in and you can walk around and you can actually have an experience here you can sit in our gathering space and you can drink coffee and have a treat you can also look at some records and you can hear the station i think some people walk into the station and they don't know what this place is but i actively when i'm working with young people i'm like what kind of music do you like right. what what are your future goals like even if you want to be a public speaker or you're interested in um i don't know any um off the top of my head I'm, I'm i'm not doing very well but i think i can relate everything to radio in one way shape or form i think it's great that you start with what kind of music do you like that's yeah. fantastic i, I yeah. mean i don't know anyone who doesn't like music yeah but the people know? a lot of people i know that have been involved in music and the music industry for a long time end up having to spend a lot of time involved with music they don't really like yeah, I'm very lucky. Yeah. If you write for Rolling Stone, you're going to end up covering Britney Spears someday. I like Britney. <laughs> Wrong example. Yeah. But no, it's interesting. Yeah. And just as a teacher and trying to engage somebody, you know, with their art and their interests is huge because then they're actually, they're going to be a lot more enthusiastic about doing it. And then if you give them an assignment, this is the kind of music you need to listen to right, before right. you need to, you need to go through your paces basically. But yeah, I, I love that too. So and well, definitely as a community-minded person, you can't absolutely. sustain the community without engaging the youth. Yeah, I mean, I don't really feel like I've grown up entirely, so I feel like I have something to learn from them and they have something to learn from me. Yeah, you said you're not and a finished product. You might be listening to Grand Funk Railroad before you're done. <laughs> 
I don't know what that is. Yeah, see, there we go. <laughs> but I also forgot the name of the Grateful Dead, so don't hold it against me. <laughs> no, I, I'm far from holding that. I love it. I wish everyone would forget the name of the Grateful Dead. I apologize, Grateful Dead oh, listeners. But, um, uh, well, well, we okay. have uh, another half to this show. We, we have, have another KXP half. Connection. But so thank you we are gonna, so much. Charlize, thank you so yeah, much. This is great. Thank you for wearing eyeglasses that are actually larger than mine. I didn't think <laughs> I was. pretty big. I didn't I think I was. cat hair all over me. Oh, for, you bring well, your pet with you wherever you go. That's kind of nice. I do. Represent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wonderful. Um, and we will and we'll we'll see, you know, you see you at the, the fest. fest. Literally. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. So now we are joined by Skylar Locatelli, who is not related to the president of my university. <laughs> I thought he might be earlier. Uh, and... Half of? Half of. Half, half of. Half of Smoky Brights. Yes. Uh, and forgive me for having to look up your names. Ryan Devlin and Kim West. Tis we. You got it. Yes. <laughs> That's correct. Not only bandmates, but a couple as well. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Lawfully wedded bandmates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know the law is very important to you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we're really yes. going to have to lean in. <laughs> it's a cozy situation. We have here three mics, five people. Um, I actually wanted to start. So everyone here, including us, is going to be at Tree Fort this year. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's our plan. Let's talk about what we have planned for Tree Fort. And let's start with you guys. Smoky Brights. Smoky Brights. Yeah. Our, I mean, so this is our. This will be our. Fourth time at Tree Fort. Right? Yes. 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 Um, and our plan is to get there the moment it starts and leave the moment it finishes. Because it's the first time we ever played Tree Fort, we were on tour. And I think we had to be in Ashland, Oregon yes. the next night. Which so is quite a drive. Yeah. Which is yeah. longer than you think. Longer yeah. than you think. So we got in like 20 minutes before our set, played our set and then left at 7 a.m. the next morning. Mm. And the whole time we were in Boise, we were like, what are we doing? We kept so, running into like packs of friends. Oh. Did you know it's what just, to expect before you got there? We did not. No, not yeah. the first time. We'd heard it was a good festival, but you know, sometimes that's just what people say. And we showed up and it was like, it was one of the best festivals we'd ever been to. And we were only there for a few hours. Mm-hmm. So the next time we went, it was, yeah, the the, you stay the whole time. We stay, stay the, whole, the, whole, we stay the whole time now. The whole time. Where you did can... you play that first year? Do you remember? Um, uh, it's a. It's not a venue anymore. It's, it's not a venue anymore. It was called like Bouquet or. Oh, the Bouquet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Blues yes. Bouquet. But it's a Bouquet. It's a, an old bar. It's kind of uh, in disrepair right now. It's going to be turned into something fancier. Mm. But right now, yeah, it's a cool venue. I mean, cool, cool old space. But yeah, it's it's all boarded up right now. But. That's cool. And then where else have you played when you've been in you know, subsequent years? Um, <clears throat> the Olympic was, yeah, the last two years we've gotten to play there, which has just been so fun. It's a great venue. Played the Neurolux last year too, which we've right we've toured through Boise and played the Neurolux several times, one of our favorite mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. Um, we played uh, pre-funk beer bar mm-hmm. the last two years because oh, yeah. Freak Out Records mm-hmm. show, throws a big Big old party and showcase there. Excellent yeah. segue. Skyler, I just realized <laughs> as you were talking that I was remiss I didn't introduce. Uh, it's all good. So Skyler is here at KXP for how long? Uh, this will be my fourth year. Fourth year. I started in, um, yeah, uh, January of 2017, so. And of equal importance, you were the co-founder of Freak Out Records. Yes. And you guys do a showcase at Story Fort. 
Tree Fort. Tree Fort. <laughs> yes. Well, this is our this is our story for a showcase right now. It's getting wild. Our our yeah, we've been going. This will be our fourth year doing a stage at Tree Fort, and um, the first year was my also my first year going, and I grew up in Southern Idaho, right. and and so to and I live I've been in Seattle now for fifteen years, but. Um, Tree Fort is so much, and and to have been a kid growing up in Idaho and seeing so many concerts and shows growing up in the Boise area, to have what they have now with Tree Fort is, I, I love telling that story because it's just so much for the community of Boise. And so I'm, I've been honored to, to be able to curate stages there now four years in a row. and. And uh, we, we, I stay for the whole time as well. How did you first get involved? Um, I think that's a good question. I don't remember how I originally got connected with Eric about it. I think, um, yeah, that's a really good question. I don't remember the initial like, oh, this is how it happened. But I eventually got Eric and I were talking about, hey, we'd love to do something there. And he, they were doing these second chance shows. And so our first one was at the Woodland Empire Brewery. Okay. Um, the first year we did it. And then the next two years we did it at Prefunk, the outdoor stage and curated eight bands each time. And, and this year the Prefunk is being remodeled. So they're not doing a stage there, but it's gonna be in the lot right in Woodland, between. Yeah, that, that's gonna be a little bigger space too, which I think will be better. I think so too, yeah. Talking to Eric Gilbert about it, he said they're building a killer new stage for it and putting in better sound. And we're curating like nine bands on mm -hmm. Sunday. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. So you take yeah. on just one day and do it, because that stage is gonna be there all five days. Yeah, but you just like so we freak just out do one do like, day. Yeah, I yeah. think he's doing something with like Canada and maybe Wyoming or something like that. I, I can't yeah. remember who else Canada is curating. Has been a sponsor. The country of <laughs> the Canada. entire country. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It has. Yeah. It for God, like they're so nice. Four, <laughs> five years. They're very they put, nice. Yeah. <laughs> they, they put a lot of loonies and toonies into their <laughs> music economy. That's true. It's pretty cool. So. um Anyway, who are the bands that are going to be on your stage this year besides yeah. these folks? Yeah, so, well, the label has three bands this year that are performing. Actually, four. Um, Prison Bitch, who's a um, crazy cool story. These guys, Smokey Brights, met them on tour. They played in their hometown, right? Uh, Is that in when Santa Fe. Santa Fe, next door. Right, yeah. right. And so we helped put out their last EP, Prison Bitch, and they've they they're a familiar name in Tree Fort now because um, they just went on a big fall tour last year with Built to Spill, supporting them on the East Coast. Oh, cool. And now Teresa, the drummer for Prison Bitch, is going to be um, Doug's new drummer for this year at least. Who knows? Yeah. Yep. Um, how far that'll go, but. Um, and they, they play Tree Fort pretty much every year now, and they opened up for Tree People last year. If you remember them at all, right. I do. Um, yeah. Um, so they're there, uh, Smoky Brights, and then Acid Tongue, which my partner's 
uh, on the label, Guy Keltner, that's his band, um, which these guys end up uh, backing them. We will, we will also be on Acetone. That's how it works. Acetone is like the, 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 the garage groovy soul um, Brian Jonestown Massacre of oh. Seattle. So. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. the sense that there's a revolving door of is members it, that help out with minus them. Minus the but, mental yeah. illness. Minus the mental <laughs> illness. Well, yes. there might be a little bit of that too, but yeah. all positive. So. <laughs> all um, positive. They <laughs> <laughs> did come back to Boise when they kind of got their, their wits about them. A few Brian Jonestown Massacre they did? They did, yeah. Not, have you seen that guy lately? I Not have. lately. Yeah. yeah. He looked okay, that, that show, but that was a few years ago. He's a an original man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he doesn't stop creating and playing music. No. Ever. I mean, that's all he does. Yeah. Um, he's in Berlin now or something? He's in Berlin, yeah. which if you haven't seen, not to get too far off topic, but there's a really cool um, Anthony Bourdain that he goes oh. to Berlin and he eats at Anton's house. And oh, wow. It's it's a fun episode to watch. Mm. And some real Anton's like cooking and he's such a neurotic, like, you know, like person, and he's like, "Yes, I put the the, the meat in the oven for a certain time," and <laughs> it's, like, it's really funny. So, anyhow, and then we have um, the Grizzled Mighty, which is a newer uh, wearing the t-shirt. Oh, there you go. T-shirt. Um, so, and we have three records for these bands coming out in 2020. Yeah. So that's yeah. it's a big year for Freak Out, and to be doing Tree Fort again is, is is quite exciting. And and is Freak Out specifically. Uh, I think I, I have a quote down here that says, uh, when you do the Freak Out Festival, which Correct. we'll get to in a second, you want to showcase emerging regional artists. So I'm seeing a common ground here. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely a big part of our mission is is helping emerging talent. And, and that goes with the records that we do and, and, and the bands that we actively work with and have worked with in the past. Um, and the festival is all about that too. And although the festival has grown over the years and we fe feature international bands and mm. we're kind of like a mini tree fort. I was going to say, say, that's a little bit like know? the tree fort story. I've yeah. been, been very inspired by tree fort over the years to, um, you know, ours happens all in the community of Ballard. It's really the only place in Seattle that's fairly conducive of a connected community yes. where you can mm. walk, you can walk. It's flat mm -hmm. walkable you know? and there's, plenty of venues, much like downtown Boise. Yeah. 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 I don't think we, we couldn't get as big as them in Ballard per se, unless we move to outdoor stages, which so presents its challenges for sure. Yeah. In November yeah, in Seattle. Yes. 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 Yeah. Seattle for sure. <laughs> so well, yeah, your venues are Burn maybe, and the Tractor, and yep. then the Sunset maybe, yep. Yep. and... And then we do the the uh, Salmon Bay Eagles Club, which is such a oh. smoky oh. place. So, so. They yeah. headlined uh, Friday That's night right there. there on Market Street, isn't it? It's or, uh, it's right it's, off it's, of Leary mm -hmm. on oh, okay. um, Leary. Uh, I always confuse the little side street yeah. there. It's kind of but a it, weird like five way intersection. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that's similar to is it the El Cora. It is. Oh. Yeah, it yes, is very it's similar totally to that the El Cora yeah. shrine. Yeah, yeah. Shriners. Temples, yes. yeah. These are the eagles, which are a yeah, different yeah. breed than the Shriners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a funny story about that. Uh, oh yeah, we got. we got we got scammed by a Shriner. Yeah, we got really? scammed at Tree Fort last yeah. year. This guy tried to sell us the tokens, and then or he he sold us tokens, but he sold them to us at like at a twice crazy the market rate, inflated price. No and then when we when Ryan, you know, we subsequently realized it. Ryan, who 
to our listeners is six foot four and a half, walked right up to this Shriner guy and was like, mm-hmm. he's, yeah. I'm a rips, yeah. radio man, I am no, yoked. <laughs> he just walked right up to the dude and was like, dude, you scammed me. And the guy just like shrugged and gave Sorry. him back his money. Oh, that's <laughs> I maybe he jammed his fez on his Well, head. he tried to give me more tokens. I was like, yeah, you want I was more like, tokens? no, 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 take that wad of cash out of your pocket. Like, <laughs> it was a good vindicating <laughs> moment. The Shriners are they're a little they're, sly. Yeah, yeah. A little so tricky, you know, little tricky. Youngest, you know, folks in the no, world. Tip so to the wise. They think it's like, oh yeah, just poor old guy. <laughs> you know, he'll be okay. Or oftentimes people are a little inebriated by the time they get to the Shriners. That's true. And so maybe. People don't notice, but you're on it. That's <laughs> yes. That venue is so cool. There. It is so <laughs> beautiful. The first time I so discovered cool. the bar in the oh, basement oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. was last year, maybe yeah. the year before. It feels like going back like, in time. What is this place? Oh, is, yeah. I love it. We so. sat there for like an hour and a half. I probably missed like killer acts, it's, but I was Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to go upstairs. <laughs> for us, for me, who lives in Boise, that place is actually open year-round to the public. It's kind of so, cool when no one's there. Yep, and they one of my favorite things they did there, but they don't do quite in the same way, was Breakfast Fort. <laughs> it was like my savior, like a couple years, year, they haven't done it for like the last two, maybe three years, but it was like fresh fruit and like breakfast burritos and all this stuff, and you just go oh. chill out and like, <laughs> two in the morning when you get ready to go to bed or maybe a little earlier than that but anyway that's a whole different subject but there's mm-hmm. a if you come to tree fort which we hope you will go check out the el Cora el Cora shrine el Cora shrine sorry yes. um shriners one thing i really like about tree fort and i don't even know if i'm gonna be able to form this into a question but <laughs> when you go to boise actually whether it's tree fort or not you get this sort of can do let's put on a show yes feeling that i thought was present in seattle when i first moved here 30 years ago mm. i don't know that it's still here and i was actually curious skylar and you guys too operating in this seattle mm-hmm. running you know starting a record label starting a band how is that informed by what it was like 30 years ago you know 30 years ago when you started a record label there was no precedent mm-hmm. when you started a band these i don't know how much history you've read but these bands like well got to play in guys' living rooms and there was mm-hmm. no future to it. It wasn't an idea where we were gonna make a living ever. Yeah. How is it different now and is it easier or harder you think than it would have been back then? It's mm. hmm. a really good question. I mean, well, thank the, God it came the, out as a question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and there is parts of that where I'm not exactly sure how to respond because I, I feel like it doesn't didn't really happen for us necessarily out of a necessity or a desire to like create um, um, a, a business, but we we wanted to we wanted to create something where again we're supporting each other and supporting the community, and if that means that. You know, Smoky Brights was our first vinyl project that we and we got together with these guys, and you know they're they're a fantastic band. They already had a proven track record in Seattle and had had put out records and toured and 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 done that. And and we just felt like it was the next step for us after the festival because we were like we we could do be, we could be doing more year round with Freak Out. Because the festival came first. The festival came first. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then so the label was was birthed out of that, and then now they're just kind of like this symbiotic thing. And now we put on shows throughout the year in addition to the festival and put out records. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I answered that or not, but yeah, I, you know, um, well, it's I, 
Let's see uh, well, from the band. Yeah, are you guys, I, I kind of got a take on that. Are you mm-hmm. from Seattle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which so, I say that so vehemently because it's. But so it's kind of it's kind of Seattle. it's kind of odd at maybe at our age. Group. Yeah, because a lot of people, people do just come tran- here now. Transplants. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I mean I can only speak to having played music in the Northwest for like the last 10, 15 years, something like that. Um, but I mean I've talked with a lot of people that were working or in bands in like maybe like the boom years of Seattle music. Early 90s. Early 90s, uh, which gave people a certain uh, take on things. There was bigger budgets and excitement and Mm. stuff like that. Um, I've talked with a lot of people that were like, did independent music more like in the the 80s, like pre pre that explosion. And like a lot of like what I describe what we do, they're like, oh, that's pretty much how we did it back in the day. Like kind of punk rock touring and putting stuff on yourself and like, yeah, it's 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 scrappy. It's community based, and you do it out of uh, a love of the people you're doing it with. Well, I guess I, I guess the whole industry is different now. It so is. totally, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, back <clears throat> then you could get the golden ticket and off you go. But yes. yeah. But don't forget, you know, the definitive book on Seattle music written in the '90s was called Loser. Like right. these guys <laughs> thought they were losers. Yeah. There, there is no yeah. future for us. Yeah. Yeah. But it must have been interesting to grow up because I'm assuming you're on the younger side. And you must have grown up with this as Seattle. I mean, de- I yeah, I often think about that, like uh, being really young and like having uh, really huge bands around. Like it was always. I, that I was way. like, yeah. Well, you know, you know, my my dad flies planes. My mom, you know, works at a school. I think I'm just gonna make records because it yeah. seemed it seemed yeah. very viable, yeah. you know. Uh, and of yeah. course, got plenty of. Uh, uh, doses of reality through it, but like, there's still that like little spark in me that's like, I don't know, like, just, people have been doing this forever, like, yeah. and it was yeah. very viable when I was a kid, and still is in a lot of ways. So. That's good to hear because I find that energy when I go to Boise really infectious. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I do. Too. You feel that yeah. when you go there? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah we uh, actually last Tree Fort, we rented out a practice space at the Hive, which um, is like a we community run, community uh, run. Uh, venue, practice space, mental health service. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, And we were actually demoing for the record that we're getting ready to put out. And it was like, yeah, it's this really strong sense of community. And, you know, you look at the walls and there's like, obviously, you know, people who lived on the street donated to this thing, as did Built to Spill, as did, you know, all these different people. It's like very much a community run, community love. There's also a difference between Seattle and Boise in that Seattle is much larger. And that does come with its benefits and also its drawbacks. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a really big scene here. We have a diverse scene here. It's also a little scattered because it is such a big place and, you know, it's sort of a different situation. Yeah, it's not that that world where everyone does know each other. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. If if you look at, like, if someone drew drew a family tree of Seattle bands in the 80s and 90s, you'd find that they all played in each other's bands. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you and you get some of that more more and more in Seattle. Um, I think there is an increasing co- collaborative culture, which is exciting. Things like you know, freak out really do help that. I mean, we call it freak out fram- family, like the freak out family, and it's not hyperbole. It's like we all do play in each other's bands, and we all do support each other, and post about each other's stuff, and go to each other's shows, lend and gear, and lend crash gear, on floors, crash on yeah. floors, all that stuff. That's definitely a lot of what. Tree Fort and what we do yeah. as parts of Tree Fort just it's really cool. I think it is kind of a, in the 
zeitgeist right now too i feel like being a little bit older than you all um, over here um this i think the the younger generations have really kind of embraced that ethic mm-hmm. yeah all yeah. more because when i let they be an artist kind of wannabe writer um in seattle back in the early 90s when all this was happening and very maybe late 80s too when i was finishing up my undergrad um it uh it was difficult i mean there was kind of a lot of clicks there were a lot of especially they got into the 90s and everybody thought they were pretty cool yeah. and then <laughs> moving to Boise I guess I won't tell my own stories we're here to talk to you but it did have a lot of that openness right from the get go in the like, yeah. very early aughts so yeah yeah Seattle I moved here in 88 and Seattle was a closed society mm. you know, yeah those guys all knew each other but they mm. were really eager to get to know you mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah we were just walking by the comet the ghost of the comet. Yeah, yeah, that's like a museum exactly. dedicated to the comet. What's I there now? We didn't go in, oh. but I could go there fairly regularly for a while. But kind of had the same look that I have now. Um, kind of a, you know, short preppy? hair. Kind of. I don't know say? if I preppy, my preppy, but I, said I would get you know like those the Capitol Hill billies as we called them would be. Capitol you know, Hill billies. The, they very much like we were more into like Brit pop and things like that. They were like, you guys, frat boys, and we're not. Everyone was a frat. Yeah. Oh god! <laughs> well, now they're all and they're like now know. they're all techies. Exactly. That's yeah. the so, that's yeah. the slur now. So that, I, yeah. anyway. that's a good segue because I feel like like to talk a little bit more about the community of music here mm-hmm. and how artists are working together. We are in this giant metropolis of a place, and and it's grown a lot. And the economic challenges are very, very, very real. They are. They're very real, and you see it with uh, every day no matter whether it's homeless or or just empty venues at times and trying to get people to come out and like or for me to try and survive as a festival and a label like you know I'm funding this whole thing myself and so all of the 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 artists working together and creating music and sharing is like it's a it's it's pretty much a necessity mm-hmm. and yeah. and not 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 that it wouldn't exist if we were financially stable as as emerging artists, but that sort of need to really come together and we we got this. So that attitude is like so crucial and inspiring too mm-hmm. to see within the bands and the artists. And um, you can make it as an artist in Seattle, but oftentimes a lot of them leave. You know, it's right. it's there's that there's yeah. that's definitely a. Um, ongoing conversation with artists leaving Seattle to LA, New York. Yeah. And I, I to piggyback on that, I think that's why like a tree fort is really important. Yes. Like tree fort really gives me a sense of uh, it's like a convener for the Northwest just music and art scene. Like yeah. Uh, and having a convener like that is is pretty powerful to like be able to show up in a town and be like oh, those are my friends from San Francisco and Portland well, and Vancouver I, I was wondering how many new Facebook friends you get every time you go <laughs> to Tree Fort I, we, we fans, make fans followers yeah. friends yeah. yeah it's yeah. really it's really amazing actually can you talk a little bit about that how the opportunities it gives you to talk to people who aren't musicians, yeah, to fans, to and sort of erase that line between fans and performers. It's, sure, it's honestly one of my favorite things about Tree Fort is you know you go especially a lot of the bigger festivals, artists are separate from the crowd, and that's 
it, you you think when you are in it, you're like, oh yeah, that's so cool, you know, like look at me on backstage, yeah. and then you're like picking out the green M and M. Yeah, <laughs> more like drinking the free booze and yeah. the free water. Mm-hmm. Water is important, uh, and usually it's really expensive at festivals. But the best thing about Tree Fort is. I mean, the the musician to musician contact is unlike anywhere else because you have that great, you know, top floor artist area where oh, everyone yeah. just gets to hang out and talk and people kombucha it, on tap, kombucha on tap, <laughs> and there is massage sort of this, chairs, <laughs> and there is this. I think there is an assumption. People sort of assume the niceness of Boise in their behavior during Tree Fort, so there is like a bit mm. more openness. People are really interested to talk to each other, but then at the same time, you have all of this integration with the audience and most of whom are Boiseans who are some of the nicest freaking people <laughs> I've ever had the honor to meet. It's, it's just the yeah, best. I mean, I'm, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm not a, Did I say that right? Boiseans? Boiseans? Okay. I know. Okay. Why do I say Boiseans? Yeah, See, no, that's, no I've, le- I learned, I've always I learned known that. that. Really. No one ever had to correct me. Yeah, I, all hung up on that, but yeah, that's no, amazing. It's <laughs> and, and I'm sure you musicians can always pick each other out because as a writer attending Freeport, <laughs> I can always tell yeah. who the musicians are versus the nerds. Who's wearing something that looks yeah, who, cool? Who's cool. dressing like Not for the weather. they got to dress for preschool? <laughs> yeah. who's, wearing, who's wearing dockers? Oh, there's the dockers. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Not that okay. uh, well, we stayed in the same hotel last year. At the Safari Inn. And throw the writers. Yeah, but everyone else was a musician, and we were just like, okay. <laughs> At okay. the Safari. Yeah. yeah. Where do you guys stay when you're there? Uh, we, we have been, well, actually, the, the, the last year we were so lucky to stay with our friend Eric in one of his properties, which I call Eric. Boise's most eligible bachelor. Oh, Ladies, uh, uh, get hip to him. He's amazing. I don't know. Is he still single? He is. This okay. is my childhood best friend. He's, okay. he's, he's want, the best. Do you want to say a last name or not? Probably. That might result in some stock. Yeah, yeah, just look for the dude with the awesome Sprinter van and the cute dog. Ooh, a Sprinter van. And yeah, he's got it all. Um, is he involved in Treefort? Uh, by housing freakout, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is yes. The housing authority for freakout records. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and even before we got hooked up with him, we stayed in a um, Airbnb that was like so nice mm-hmm. and very affordable. And the woman who rented it to us was like so interested, like messaging me on Airbnb, like, "Oh, welcome to Boise. Have fun at the festival." I, I do feel like even people who are in no way connected to Tree Fort who are yes. Boiseans yeah. yes. have a vested interest in Tree Fort. Yeah. My dentist, Professor, I was yeah. This, oh. I was a new dentist and I was getting this stuff done, but yeah, they like, we saw you on TV at the festival where I interviewed for something and they were like very all intrigued and they'd all been uh. there and like it is, yeah, just the random like you yeah. Know, she, anyway, so yeah, and you feel it in the in the yeah. city of Boise while you're there. You feel it. You you see it. Like mm-hmm. they do such a good job at like every business like has like some tree fort branding or yeah, uh, yeah. So they really do a, a great job with with connecting the Absolutely. city on that matter. And I I don't think I've ever come across anybody that like hates it that it's happening. Dude, but we'll make it's, I'm sure, you know, social media. I'm sure there's something, you know, there's gotta be an old don't man like in the front yard throwing yeah. tomatoes yeah. or something. There's sure. gotta be one. Yeah. I, but it's great that we haven't, I haven't come across that. Is, that yeah. So. yeah. Well, so let me ask you guys this then, when you go, 
do you come back kind of fired up with some ideas that you want to export to here? Oh, absolutely. And my, so our whole, like our whole huge, massive freakout team, they, we go, um, our festival directors comes, which there's four people that are kind of like full-time year round, which is my partner. And then our festival director, Nathan Casey. And then we hired on um, a wonderful addition last year, Rosetta Lane, who helps coordinate staffing and just overall brain power. Um, and we're bringing on a fifth this year uh, to really help with production and logistics. And so all, all of us will be there again this year. And then we have a killer photography and video crew, oh, yeah. Jake Hansen and Travis Trout, that that basically do so much for the image of Freak Out over the years. And those guys come and they, you know, I get them festival passes and usually help coordinate some lodging. And other than that, they're there to just help out and mm-hmm. and, and photo document our stage. And they volunteer for KXP as well, so they, they get to shoot um, for the station and, and host that. And um, yeah, so af- after we go, we um, absolutely are inspired by what we see um, and learn new things and um, come back and just, you know, get fired up for the year. And we're, we're already planning for Freak Out 2020, so um, it's a good time for us to kind of be. And all, the, one of the biggest things is we see artists that we're like, uh, we want to book them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a huge part of it. Like, and then you you get that opportunity to to meet these artists and 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 talk to them about playing Freak Out as opposed to like sending a blind note to their agent. You know, yeah. it's like right. it's easier once you have that personal connection. And but yeah, definitely inspired. This sounds like a like a weird statement to say, but the strength of, one of the strengths of Tree Fort is that it's a music festival where you can actually see music. Because explain, it's <laughs> it's not easy at some festivals. You know, we are headed down to South by Southwest for a f- third time this third time. Yep, third time uh, this March. And while it's a great, you know, it's a great chance for networking, and you do get to experience some great plays that you wouldn't have otherwise and good shows and those sorts of things. There are barriers to entry to a lot of stages and a lot of artists and it's like, if you wanna go see this person, even with an artist wristband, you better get in line two and a half hours beforehand and you're not gonna be able to see that other person that you wanted to see because of that and like. Well, it seems more like something, a festival of that size Mm -hmm. and that focus seems like something that you guys have to do versus <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and tr- the, I mean Tree Fort it's so nice because all the venues are so close you can walk around from place to place to place you can come in mid set you can leave mid set mm-hmm. you can you know and really I've seen so many bands there that I would not have had the opportunity to see mm-hmm. live otherwise yeah. and, and a lot of a lot of artists you do need to see them live to fully understand what they and, do and don't sleep on the uh, literary events yeah. well yeah podcasts no well. I mean that's it, it, it yeah it's got just so much to do so much to offer I, at some point I, I want to mention a couple of things about South by but also even the literary and other aspects of tree fort that I haven't even got to really experience because I'm so deep dived into the music but I we did freak out did South by the last two years we did official stages and 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 super to, fun. to follow up on them it's it's 
I love the juxtaposition of going to South by and then the next weekend doing tree four. And I did yeah. that the last two years. And it was like, I'm really glad that I'm finishing on tree yeah, four yeah. And, and not starting there yeah. and then going to South by. It would by. be a rough way to end. <laughs> because <laughs> South be by, overwhelming. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I end up not crushing. seeing much music at all at South by. And it's, it's yeah, it, yeah, I'm glad we did it. And I think it's important that artists do do it and experience it. But you know, it costs a lot of money to be there and mm-hmm. costs a lot yeah. of money to get there and you don't get paid for your gigs unless you have some, some of them you do, but it's, it's, it's few mm-hmm. and far between. Yeah. Um, Hopefully I, I know you, a lot of people, um, including yourselves, sound like I don't get, aren't really able to get to everything, but get, you know, experience the other like forts. Mm-hmm. But have you been had any experiences with like, uh, if you're a hack fort person or storyboard or yoga fort or, I mean, I mean today is breakfast for it. If you like, you know, beers. I didn't even know about breakfast for it. Now I'm going <laughs> to, I will not was, rest until unofficial. I find breakfast for it. It was an unofficial fort. We'll put it that way, but it was <laughs> the most delicious, but there is also food for it. So nice. there is that, but it yeah. was the fact that it was late night at the, at the Shriners. That was kind of like the key. Yeah. It helped reset, but. Mm. I, I mean, do. You, I you did, did a talk last year. The music I guess, talk? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a music related talk. I don't know if that was still under. Yeah, that's a Music different Ford. It's a different. It was yeah. really great thing. Thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, really fun. And I, I offered. Um, I was here with during the Charlize interview, just hanging out, and and she does such a fun, like, great job at at, at the panel series. And I thought this last year, Treefort did a really amazing job at at just having that space and it was just it was really was it cool yeah, yeah it was at the so. trailhead and and it just was it just felt like a great space to 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 you know go for resources yeah. and, and mm. meeting people and mm-hmm. doing yeah um, one of the cool things about treeport and uh, the crossover elements like this year we have an artist who's hopefully gonna be involved um, um, with uh, with the with the um, music talks but this guy Hanif Abdirakib who's a a cultural critic and also a spoken word artist and isn't he's he has a book he's about poetry and essays that involved a tribe called quest pretty heavily so he, he knows his music um so that's kind of cool that we get some like cross pollination if you will and like michelle mm-hmm. zauner of uh japanese breakfast mm-hmm. she has a memoir coming out she's gonna mm-hmm. actually read a story for it this year as well as be like a main stage act and so oh, cool. that hopefully helps like I said, just cross pollinate. So yeah. you, when you're yeah. there, you're like, oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Especially if you want to chill out and go to the pod, podcast stage where there'll be couches and things. Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah, I do bite. want to make a pitch for, I think a lot of the Story Fort people go to Tree Fort, but a lot of the Tree Fort people may not go to Story Fort. Maybe mm-hmm. this is the year I want to amend yeah. that. We got yeah. some panels. You, you, yeah. Oh, when I run into you guys, let's tell me what, what we should see. You know. Yeah. We'll yeah. Be, uh, listen to one of our episodes. We're gonna do like a five-minute fort episode. Where we'll go around the coming up. Oh yeah, you've got one coming up. Weeks, so you can be informed. What's and going the, on? The official schedule comes out very soon, so you can mm-hmm. kind of get on the app and pick what you want to go to. Oh, we got some also cool stuff. amazing app. Best app. Like such yes. a good app. Yeah, that's we don't do. I don't do any of that. No, <laughs> I don't do it. Plugs up into spreadsheets and then they magically make it happen. Yes, the guys are great. I mentioned it yeah. to, to Larry. The guys that developed the Treefort app did the Freakout app. Yeah, this 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 year. So good. Um, and they yeah they're they're so fun to work with and and really just helped us create something that we didn't have that people love to use and 
we're just going to build on that in, in the years to come. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Guess what? We're out of time. We're out of time. Mm-hmm. We are out of time. We've kept you guys long enough. Uh, before we let you go, though, why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they can find website, Twitter, yeah. you guys first? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, hello, if you're just joining us, and sorry you missed the episode. Um, we are in Smoky Brights, a uh, rock and roll band from Seattle, Washington. You can find us at www.smokybrights.com or Facebook on Smoky Brights, Instagram, at Smoky Brights, Twitter, at Smoky Brights. All the, all the things. All and we have a things. new record coming out this spring on Freak Out Records. Woo-woo! Good segue. Good segue. Yeah, yes. We are at Freak Out Records on IG, Instagram, Twitter, um, and then freakoutrec.com, and then the festival side is the-freakout.com. And yeah, in addition to these records, we've got the Acetone coming out in March, Grizzled Mighty in April, and Smoky Brights in May. And then we'll have a stage Killer at Tree Fort Sunday, which they're calling it the Hideout, is the stage name. Okay. Um, in addition to that, we, we're putting on shows throughout Seattle and, and the West Coast, really. Um, and then Freak Out Fest will be November 12th through the 15th of this year. Sounds great. As for uh, Tree Fort, you can find Tree Fort online at treefortmusicfest.com. Yes. yes. There we go. How about Story Fort? <laughs> Story Fort Fest um, on all the socials. You can look it up. I have a, we have a team or a tandem to do all of It's easy for you to so say, yeah. Yeah, forget it. At, at Story Fort. Yeah, we're on the Fast. Tree Fort site. You we can't you know, really need to get under, that down. Yeah, and <laughs> on the app, you can find under the Forts tab, you'll see Story Fort amongst the other forts, and you can just click on that to see all our artists and our schedules coming out, like I said, any day now. And um, yeah. And that's it. And where will we see them? Tomorrow we'll see you at the fest. Woo! The fest! Tomorrow never came.